I'd like you to take a Bible and turn to the book of Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, it's page 914 in one of the Bibles if you picked one up on your way in. Romans chapter 4. Now as you're turning, let me just put into perspective what it is that at least from outward appearance it feels like we're doing. We're opening a book and we're turning to a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul some 2,000 years ago. We're going to read some words that he wrote to a group of churches in Rome, the capital city of the Roman Empire. Now as we do this thing right now, turn to this passage, we've got three choices for how to approach what we're about to hear. The first choice is we can approach what we're about to hear historically. What I mean by that is that we can recognize that this passage that we're going to listen to <clears throat> was written by a particular person at a particular point in time to a particular congregation for a particular purpose, and like good historians, we can eavesdrop in on this historical communication. That's our first choice. Our second choice is we can hear this passage literarily. What I mean by that is we can hear it as a piece of human literature that one person is writing about his experiences, his perspectives, but in doing so, he's tapping into something that might be common to people beyond just himself. And we can read this like a piece of literature in which we might find some common ground with what's happening here, and our souls may say, yeah, I resonate with that. It's a description of our common human experience. That's our second choice for how to read this. Our third choice is to read it spiritually. Meaning, it is a way by which God, through his spirit, will speak directly to us. Now we're going to see in just a moment that the passage we're going to look at demands that we read it in this third way. That while there are historical aspects to it, while there are aspects of uh, literature to it, Ultimately, we need to see this as a message directly from God to each one of us. Now, this is important because last week we talked about the promises of God. Now, in the Bible, there are certain promises that are written in such a way that they make it clear they are true and applicable for all Christians everywhere at all times. But there are also experiences that each one of us have that are like Heather and David's, where they find themselves in the book of Judges, chapter 6, 
reading a story about Gideon. That's not seemingly written as a promise to all people at all times. But God has spoken through that passage to Heather and David in their particular situation. However, if Judges 6 and 7 are simply historical or simply good literature, then what confidence could Heather and David have that this was actually God speaking to their situation? Someone might say to them, but that passage wasn't written with you in mind. Someone might say to them, well, I read that passage and I got something different out of it. But if that is a means by which God can and does speak into their particular situation, then they have heard through that passage directly from the Lord. And they can hold on to what he said. Well, listen to what Paul says about how we are supposed to understand God's interaction with us through his word. We're in Romans chapter 4, and to pick up the context, last week we, Paul was using the Old Testament example of Abraham. Now he's going to have a little bit of an aside to kind of talk about how can he be using an Old Testament example to speak to a situation today. So here we are, Romans chapter 4, verse 22. This is why, and then here's quotes, it was credited to him as righteousness. That's a quote from Genesis 15. Genesis 15 is written or is telling about a story about 2,000 years before Paul. So about 4,000 years before us. Paul is saying that quote that verse out of Genesis 15, it was credited to him as righteousness, verse 23, were not written for him alone. Those words from Genesis were not written for Abraham alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Now you got to picture what's happening here. Now of course this is an embellishment, but imagine the Apostle Paul sitting on the banks of the Mediterranean Sea. It's a beautiful summer, sunny day. He's on vacation. Lots of others are there on the beach with him. They've brought their summer reading scrolls, the latest mysteries, the latest novels, the latest magazines, and they're there with their scrolls unread. I guess they would unroll them this way. And they're reading their summer reading, sitting on the beach soaking in the sun. Paul has not brought with him the latest novel or the latest mystery. He's brought with him the Torah, the scroll of Genesis. And he's unrolled the scroll of Genesis and he's reading Abraham's story. And there he is sitting on the beach reading through Abraham's story. And he gets to Genesis chapter 15. And he reads the line in the story, it was credited to him as righteousness. And all of a sudden, Paul says, whoa, that's not just about Abraham. 
That's being written to me today, right here sitting on the beach by the Mediterranean Sea. Now here's the crazy thing. The story about Abraham, Abraham was given a very specific promise. You're gonna have some kids. It was a promise given to him, even though he was very old, had been married a long time without any children, and his wife was barren. Here's Paul, who's not that old, who's not married at all, and has no promise from God that he's going to give birth to biological children. He's reading this story that you and I would think, that's got absolutely nothing to do with you, Paul. That's got absolutely nothing to do with you. But as he's reading it, he hears God speaking directly to him. It was credited to him as righteousness. And Paul says, whoa, that's not just God talking to Abraham and about Abraham. That's God speaking right now to me. That was written with me in mind. Now listen. There's no other book you can do this with. I mean, we don't sit there on the beach reading, if there's a group of people on that beach at Paul's time, reading Homer's Iliad, thinking, Homer wrote that line right there for me. We don't think that. We're sitting on the beach today reading The Hunger Games or whatever book we happen to be reading. None of us think when we get to a line, oh, Suzanne Collins, the author of The Hunger Games, she wrote that line with me in mind. But do you see what Paul is saying? That line in Genesis was written with Paul and with you and with me in mind when it was written. Now you may say, okay, but maybe that's just a special line. Like there's one line in the Old Testament that was kind of written with us in mind, but it's a unique special line. And so all we could ever do is think, okay, that one verse in Genesis 15 that was written for us. No, there's more than that. Turn over now to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, we want to see Paul's perspective on this. Not just one line, but everything. Romans chapter 15. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now here's what's going on here. Paul is trying to get those who are reading this book to understand it is important for us not simply to try to please ourselves, but to live in such a way that we are serving and trying to please others, not in a people-pleasing sort of way, but in a sense of trying to serve others for their good. In order to do that, 
He quotes a passage, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. This is from Psalm 69. It's a psalm written by David a thousand years before Jesus is born. And Paul says that passage in Psalm 69 is not just written by David and about David. It's actually being written about Jesus, the Messiah. And that Jesus was so in tune with the Father's heart for serving others that the insults that fell on God fell also on Jesus because they were of one heart with one another. But now here's the crazy thing. Paul is saying that Psalm 69 is not only written about David and about Jesus, but also is being written for us and about us. And his point is, we too should so identify with the heart of God in serving others that when people insult God, they should be insulting us as well because we are acting in such accord with Jesus and with God that we are one with them. Now he's anticipating the question that we all have. Well, how can you just take Psalm 69 and somehow say it's about us? And so he says, for everything, how much stuff? Everything, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Everything that was written in the past, everything that is in the scriptures are written with us in mind. So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now I can hear a possible objection. Well, that just means that when we pick up the Old Testament and we start reading it, there are passages that we're going to come to that are going to encourage us, just like any good piece of literature would do, that you might read a poem or you might read a book and you might feel encouraged because you read something that you can connect to. No. Paul is saying something more here. Look in verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Where did we hear those two words before? Verse 4. Do you see this? The endurance and the encouragement that come through the scriptures, according to verse 5, is actually coming to us through God. God is the one who gives us endurance and encouragement. And Paul's point is, everything that's written in God's word, when we open it, God speaks words of endurance and encouragement directly to us through his word. You see, there are some things that when you open the Bible and you think, well, this is being written for all people at all times. God will never leave us or forsake us. God is always with us. But what is actually true is that every single word of God's Bible is something that is written that he can use to speak specifically to us in whatever situation we find ourselves. Now, since this is the case, let me give you an observation, an implication, and an example to kind of round out what we're talking about this morning. First, 
an observation. If every single word in this book can be used by God to speak directly to our situations, to provide us with encouragement, to give us promises that we can hold on to, you and I will only experience that by faith. What I mean is, it's not obvious when you open up Judges 6 and 7 that that's talking about a couple adopting a child in 2016. It's not obvious. It takes faith to see this happening. That if there is no other book that works like this, if there is nothing else in all of human experience or all of human history in which we can accurately say that God is and does speak through it to us in a very unique way, it's going to take faith to see that he's doing it. Listen, there are certain promises that you and I will read in the Bible that it's very clear they were written with all people, all Christians in mind. It still takes faith to believe those are for us too. But there are other passages of Scripture where we look at them and we say, that can't possibly be God talking to me. And it takes faith to see it. Listen, I can't even tell you the number of times in which I think that God might be speaking to me through a particular passage of Scripture when the doubts come in and say, that can't be right. This isn't written about you. This wasn't written with your situation. How could that possibly be the case? It was written thousands of years ago. And the reason it's not obvious is because it's not obvious. <laughs> it takes faith. I think of the couple going through a very difficult time. And I called them on the phone and we were sort of talking together about the journey that we're on and I was listening. And while I'm listening to them speak and talk about Psalm 27 keeps coming to mind. And I keep thinking about that psalm, and I keep thinking about it partly because what they're describing resonates with something I went through that Psalm 27 was really powerful for. But I listened to them talk, and we got to the point where it was, I was supposed to respond. And so I said to them, I'm not exactly sure what you're supposed to do, but here's what I would do. I would start reading in Psalm 1, and I would keep reading until you find a psalm that seems to really stick out to you, that really just jumps out and grabs you. And then I say to them, and by the way, for whatever it's worth, when you get to Psalm 27, pay special attention to that one. I hear on the other side of the phone, Psalm 27, psalm t are you kidding me? Like we keep hearing Psalm 27. We've heard it in so many different ways and in so many different situations. Now listen, the first time they came across Psalm 27, they didn't think anything of it. And then the next time it happened, and then the next time. And then over a set period of time, God kept bringing Psalm 27 to mind. Listen, what that means is that is God saying, look, this Psalm is for you. It was written with your situation in mind. Meaning, you can claim the promises of Psalm 27, which says, I will yet 
See the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now someone else may come along and say, well, how do you know that God spoke to you through that? Someone else may come along and say, it doesn't say that's true for everyone in every situation. Listen, it takes faith to realize God is speaking through that passage to that particular situation today. Which leads me to the implication. If the observation is, look, it's going to take faith. Because it's not going to be immediately obvious that this passage we're looking at was written to us or with us in mind. It's going to take faith to see that God can and does speak through any and every passage of the Bible to our situation. The implication is this. Any promise God makes to you from any passage of scripture is valid. Whether or not other people can see it or not, whether or not you can see it or not, whether or not you waver in faith, if God makes you a promise that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. A promise made by God is always a valid promise. And if anybody comes along and says, that psalm wasn't written for you, you can't necessarily, that's not guaranteed for every person of all time. Listen, if God has spoken through that psalm to your situation, that promise is true. Take it to the bank. It's good. Listen, there's a line in Joel that says where the Lord says, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. I know a person has gone through a very difficult situation in which they have been suffering and waiting. When God speaks that promise to that person, what it essentially means is, look, I'm gonna make up the lost time. I'm gonna make up the stuff that you're missing. Now, someone may come along and go, that's not true for all people at all times. Maybe not. But if God uses that passage to speak to you in your situation, then it's true and it's valid and that's a promise you can depend upon. So let me give you an example. Grace Beyond, our building project, the reason why we're here, has been done this way. What I mean by that is this. There are a number of promises that seem universal and true for all people in all time that are written exactly that way in the scriptures that we're holding on to as a church. Like, I will never leave you or forsake you. We saw that one last week. That's a promise that we're holding on to with regards to grace beyond. But there are also promises that God has made to us as a church and to the leadership when at first glance someone might say, but that's not really written for all people at all times. That can't possibly be about you. For example, God used John chapter 2, which is a passage about Jesus turning water into wine, to speak to me and to the leadership and to tell us that for those who participate in Grace Beyond, who pray and ask God what they're supposed to give and pray and ask God how they're supposed to volunteer, that God is going to perform for them, us, private miracles. 
private miracle. In John chapter 2, not everybody understands that water's been turned to wine. Only those who agree to do whatever Jesus tells them to do. Mary says, do whatever he tells you to do. Those who agree to do what Jesus tells them to do get to see a miracle that nobody else at the wedding feast got to see. God used that passage to speak to me and to the leadership and say, that's what's going to happen in Grace Beyond. And even though John 2 is about a wedding and about water being turned to wine, and we're talking about a building project, and we're talking about money, God was saying, look, I'm making you a promise. I'm going to do something privately in the lives of those who do this exact thing. Now we've seen that happen. We've seen it happen with physical healings. That people have experienced God doing something miraculous in healing them as a result of or connected to this journey that we've been on. We also have seen God do this financially for people. Second Corinthians chapter nine, which kind of gives explanation for how this can work, says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. That's that part from John 2, which is the do whatever he tells you to do. That's where we've asked you. Pray and give whatever God tells you to give. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now some can look at that passage and say, well that passage was originally written by the Apostle Paul to a community of people who were making contributions to help in famine relief in the ancient world. We're not doing famine relief, we're doing a building project. But God by faith has used that promise to say, I'm saying that to the people of Calvary Church. And the amazing thing is over the past month or two, I was gonna say three stories. This week it became four stories of people who have seen God financially bless them in incredible, you wanna say five, I'm gonna I'm gonna say five stories now, of people who God has blessed financially in incredible ways because of their willingness to give to Grace Beyond. Two of those stories are in your worship folder today. There's more than that. But listen, that's the point. You can look at that passage in 2 Corinthians. You can look at the passage in John 2 and say, well, that was written for a particular historical situation. And unless we somehow mimic that exact situation, those promises aren't true for us. That's not how this works. When God makes you a promise, it is a valid promise. And some of the private miracles that God is giving to you and to me have to do with him financially blessing us for giving. Now listen, as a side note, if you prayed and asked God how you were supposed to give and you prayed and asked God how you were supposed to volunteer, look around. You may be experiencing a private miracle. 
God has promised he's going to do something. It might be a physical healing. It might be a financial blessing. It might be something else, but that's the promise. We are holding on to those promises just as strongly as we the promise that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what do we do with this teaching today? Well, listen. If I said to you, there are some things in this book that were written specifically with your situation in mind, that they were written by God not just for Abraham or for David or for Jesus, but also for you, what do you think we should do with that? Read it. Open it up and read it. Let's find them, right? So here's what I want you to do. I got an assignment. Last week the assignment was, if there's an area in which you need more faith, go through and do these three steps. And the three steps were uh, identify the, the promises of God, hear them by faith and not by works, be honest about the hopelessness of the situation, and then go through and remember all the great things that God has done, that he has the power to do what he's promised. The assignment this week Think of a situation in which you want to hear from God with regard to. Now, it might be the same situation you had last week. It might be something totally different. But think of a particular situation. It could be a relationship. It could be something that you're going through. It could be about your future. Something where you're like, I would like God to speak directly to this situation. If God was sitting right here and you said, I'd like you to talk about this subject in my life, what would that be? Take that thing and then pray this prayer. And I wrote it down for you. It's written down for you in your notes. Dear Lord, it's hard for me to believe that you're going to talk to me today through this book, but help me to believe that you will. And then I want you to read something. It could be something out of your daily devotional that you're doing. It's got to be from God's Word. We gotta, it could just be a verse, but we've got to have something. This is the only book that promise has been made for. It could be something you get to randomly. It could be part of your daily reading plan, just like the next chapters in whatever the plan is that you're reading. It could be a verse or something you got on a card for graduation or that somebody sent you in an email or somehow you've come in contact with. I need you to read something. And then, as you're reading it, and hey, look, if it's one verse on a graduation card, try reading the whole chapter that that verse came out of. Do something to get this thing open. And as you're reading it, just simply ask, Lord, what are you saying to me today from this passage? If you're not sure what he's saying, ask somebody. Say, here's the situation I asked God to talk to me about. Here's the crazy set of verses I got. What in the world could these possibly have to do with that? Just ask somebody. Ask somebody in your small group. Ask your spouse. Ask somebody that you're close to. Say, hey, look, I'm confused. Ask me. Come ask somebody. Because the promise is this. Different than any other book in the existence of human history, God has said, this is the living word of God. I speak through this. 
not just through the passages where it's obviously clear that he's speaking to all Christians of all time, but through every passage. All Scripture, every single word is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God might be thoroughly furnished for every good work. In other words, everything you need for life, thy word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Anything that you need to hear from God, he can and will speak to you through his word. And all we need to do is take off the blinders to see. It's not just some passages he talks to. It's not just sometimes he talks to. This is the word of God and the Holy Spirit speaks through it to us. Give him the chance. Give him the chance.